this is definitely not just another fitness podcast. I'm just a lazy fit person. I was there for seven days and I reckon I ate 10 pizzas. I eat like a monster. If you're not enjoying yourself, what's the point? Ask yourself why. Honesty and empathy are two great places to start. Start to associate yourself with the person you want to be. Health comes first, way above performance and appearance. Picture me naked. Fat Andy is not a nickname you want to stick. What are you having for tea? Purple Monkey Dishwasher. I'm just going to wee and caffeinate and I'll be ready. Use the sausage as a breakwater. I mean, I just want to touch people. <laughs> Naked, smothered head to toe in almond butter. 80% of the time, I agree with Andy 100%. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Welcome to episode 17 of the Not Another Fitness podcast. I felt the need to say it like you look then, like podcast. Drag out that last syllable. Give a bit of partridge to it. Um, I am Amy Ramshead and I'm here with the lovely... Andy Scraggs. There we go! <laughs> Surnames to satisfy mother again. Um, and we're in person, we're together. We are, we can touch elbows. We can touch elbows. There you go, especially for the listeners. Um, yeah, which is nice, although it is probably the hottest day. We could not have picked a worse day oh, to do this, could we? <laughs> There's also a gardener outside as well, <laughs> which means that all the doors are shut. And I don't know, what was it, like 32 degrees when yeah. we last looked? Yeah, as we walked up here. So it's very hot. We're recording on friday um the what is it 7th of august it's so hot we haven't even got the energy to check that's how hot we are yeah it's yeah. about the 7th yeah. yeah it is the 7th well, it is the 7th so yeah we're recording on the hottest, hottest day of the year so far um andy how have you been you've been back at the gym for a week now maybe two because we two weeks yeah we haven't recorded for a while because we had we wanted to give each other that initial like bedding in period in the gym and Andy how's it been I thought you were going to say we wanted to give each other a bit of space yeah. because we've, we've spent too long together and it was flagging a bit so we thought right we just needed a break but no we, because we were both yeah we're both back in the gym and it's we were we were sat down we had lunch before the podcast today and I think the first thing I said was just how busy it has been and how hectic the gym is and that is a good thing but it, it comes at a bit of a price it comes at a little bit of a cost because I'd forgotten how um how much work that is outside of training sessions maybe I hadn't forgotten but it's just if you it's doing stuff on zoom is very much delivered like delivering a class on zoom you kind of a little bit of prep beforehand you deliver it and then it's done mm. like no one's expecting programming updates off the back of that or nutrition plans and stuff whereas in the gym a lot of clients haven't been training so they're all coming back in they're all beginning new programs at the same time which is like rare like sometimes you get a few people start at the same time and it's like, always oh, a bit of you know i'm gonna have a busy weekend programming well imagine I think I said to you like, yeah, 15 people all starting like semi new or, you know, some have been training, some haven't. So everyone's at different stages. So it's just, it's quite involved. It's quite a lot of work. I love that. It's involved. It's quite involved. It's yeah. involved. And it's, it's really good actually, because like a lot of the, a lot of my clients I've worked with for a long time. So it's just, it's been really nice to see them. Um, and obviously wanted to set them up and get them off on the right foot, especially for those that haven't been training at all. So I'm conscious that um, 
programming it's not as important at the moment because it's not like we we're following on from another block so really it's a case of i would say i'm holding people back more than i am like right let's chase down a pb here really it's right first week is let's do a session and see how you respond to it second week like every client this week has been right how was the body after yeah. last week? Were you able to get up off the toilet without grimacing? And most of them, touch wood, have been, um, have been okay. So now it's like, okay, well, we know we've got like a base level to work from. And that's where you can start having a look at the weights and thinking, okay, like programming-wise, so like this week and next week will be, yeah, the, there'll be a fair bit of work to do, yeah. but I'm sure. There wasn't gonna, there's no way I was going to miss the podcast today. Oh, why, thank just, you very much. Just no, no chance, so... Yeah, it's going to be a busy weekend. It's going to be a, <laughs> busy, be a busy weekend. weekend Bless you. How have you been, mate? How's, um, yeah, how's life back at the gym for you? Good. Um, nice to see people face to face again. So we're limiting our classes to eight people at the moment, which is nice. But again, um, it's, it's quite hard for us because we are class-based exercise. So it's hard to kind of get PT in as well. So we're making the most of the nice weather. So the nice weather when the classes are full means I can train people outside. Um, so yeah, mornings are really busy. Evenings are really busy. But yeah, influx of um, new members as well, which is really, really good. So it's nice to think that people are prioritizing their health or starting to think that they're making pro- uh, their health a priority and willing to invest in it too. So I've had... Um, a lot of P, new PT clients that are then going to be members at the gym. Um, so just taking them through their sessions, which has been really, really good. And the same thing as well. Like a lot of them are like, yeah, I couldn't walk after uh, last week. And I'm like, oh, you know, there will be a little bit of that, especially yeah. if, you know, not just that they haven't trained for three months, but some of these people haven't trained for three years, you know, they said, so this is actually their first introduction to trainers. So you've got to expect a little bit of soreness. Like we were talking about it before, weren't we? I said to you, how's, how's your training going? And you were like, Oh mate. Like, <laughs> Can I just say, and I was sensible as well. Yeah. I, I was really planted by the book and still just like you said, I don't care how tentative you are. You're going to get a little bit of soreness. Yeah. And actually it wasn't. Yeah. It's not like I couldn't walk, but the quads were the quads were making themselves known. Yes, I, you their, have them making their presence felt. Yeah, no, I was the same. I've suffered from a little bit from a few sessions, but this hot weather for me massively demotivates me. Unless <laughs> I get my training in early, it's all about nap time. Like, Can you imagine going for a session now? Well, this, this is the annoying thing now. Like, I it's two thirty p.m. By yeah. the way, for those listening, yeah, look here, oh, vom like. I could probably train about four, four o'clock today. Um, absolutely no chance. Like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to get that sweaty. I don't, it, everything feels so hard as well. Everything feels a lot more difficult in the heat. I mean, I've got sweat on now. Exactly. Sitting down. Exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, yeah, tops off for that one for sure. But no, I just have no motivation. It's quite hard when it's like this. But yeah. So before we hit the topic, one other question. I was, like, we haven't actually spoken about this yet. Um, so clients coming back to the gym, any apprehension or nerves with clients at all? Um, what, from me personally or from them? From the clients about just being in a gym environment or even in a group environment, or are they pretty kind of good to go? Honestly, no. Like, honestly, if anything, um, they're in- be back. enjoying being back. And I think it's one of... <laughs> I don't want to say there's a bit of fatigue because all our members are being brilliant about cleaning down their kit 
getting everything sorted but and we've got designated stations for people to work in which i know is a bit more difficult in your environment because you've got lots of pieces of kit whereas everyone can kind of have their own kit in our gym um but no everyone's been pretty cool and i think everyone that has come back has felt comfortable to come back and i'm the same like we've talked about before on the pod like I almost have to check myself sometimes and be like, no, okay, let's keep that distance or like, I can't go over and, you know, physically correct that person. But oh no, all the members have been pretty good, but we're still offering an at home program as well. So we still are running that. So if anyone does feel really uncomfortable, then they can still do something at home. And I know some of our members are mixing in um, the at home program and the in-person classes. Yeah, so think, they're doing a bit of both. I think a few people do that. Yeah. I think there'll be a few people that still do a little bit of home stuff. Yeah. Mine have been pretty, mine've been similar. Um, any like the, I think that's the thing people that have actually come back now they've seen how it's going to work. They've seen how the, you know, like the diligence, the cleaning is, is going to be there for the foreseeable future. I mean, it probably should have been anyway, less, <laughs> less, let's, face let's it. be honest. Um, yeah. but, the ones that have come back have all responded really positively and the ones that haven't come back, I can at least go back to them now with some feedback and say, look, the gym is, yeah. is kind of running as, you know, as I would have hoped, yeah. but yeah, no, it's just interesting because I think like there was some uncertainty like on social media, like just floating out questions before lockdown eased and like, were people ready to come back and stuff? And I think actually, yeah, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who's come in, and that hasn't found it comfortable. And that yeah. goes for like just other gym members as well. Yeah. Uh, a couple of like times during the day where it gets busier, like in the evenings. So maybe like people that have got the option coming in during the day is always a little bit quieter. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's working pretty well. Yeah. I just hope it stays. Uh, honestly, way. that's, that's it. Yeah. That is, that is it. Because I think if the, if we have to go back, so if the government had to kind of like, clamp down again gyms will be close yeah <laughs> basically exactly. like we'll we'll be one of the first places like gyms and probably like yeah hairdressers yeah. and stuff will be the first or the next kind of port of call yeah yeah interesting Crosses yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah so we'll see we'll see how it goes but i think the the safer we can all be and like you say part of part of the gym culture should have been that these behaviors were with cleanliness were probably established in the first place, but you know, just wash your hands. Yeah. Just, just wash, wash your hands, hands. wipe down after yourself, <laughs> but not with a sweaty towel, sanitize. Speaking of government recommendations, oh, here we go. Segway. Let's call me a professional. <laughs> um, so the government have come out and actually Boris himself has come out and he's fronting this one up. So they're talking about um, how to, tackle obesity and mm. they won't be the first government or first set of officials that have that have tried to tackle this problem um in the scant bit of research we did actually do before this podcast i was looking i was looking them up looking up the guidelines to remind myself and i think i just put in you know government obesity um plan or or strategy and i got about eight different um strategies from like the last few years yeah. like 2015 2017 so i think right off the bat it's obviously a problem and it's obviously one that numerous governments so i, I what i don't want to get into with this is you know like if you're a conservative or if you're a boris fan oh, then, then, then he can do no right and if you're 
uh, a Labour supporter, that you know everything that the government does is rubbish. Try and take try and take political leanings out of it and just look at the look at the approach and the merits or the 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 parts where it falls down um because i don't think i think the reason why like nothing has worked thus far is that it's an incredibly difficult multifaceted um issue and it's not gonna doing something like they're proposing to do which one of the measures was to basically restrict food advertising until after 9 p.m so you know with the idea of like exposing children less to those sorts of foods i don't think well that definitely on its own is not going to cut it that's not going to suddenly change the um the shape of the nation and i'm sure or i'd like to think they're working off um recommendations on that and it might help i've got no idea how much right and i don't think even they do they're just kind of like right you know it's one thing that's fairly easy to implement um but i think the general i'll pass this one over to you but i think the general consensus from my friends in the fitness industry was that they that they weren't doing enough yeah. that they weren't like fake like folks on advertising was kind of missing missing the point or maybe missing the problem i think by making that one of the the first things they do they're just trying to like we talk about the low-hanging fruit don't they that's something they can instantly do that will probably be seen to as a as a decision as a very decisive thing um anything else in terms of maybe education or anything like that is going to take some kind of implementation strategy isn't it whereas just being like right any kind of um, fast food advertising before 9 p.m. will just ban, like tick, you know, box ticked, yeah. something done. It shows like they're actually taking action, um, which is obviously what every people call for is you've got to take action and there it's done. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, I, it's, it's telling that you can search obesity legislation or something like that. And there's a plan in 2015. There's a plan in maybe 2016. Year on year on year, there's a new plan. This is not something that can be dealt with in the short term. There needs to be some kind of long-term plan. Um, because again, it's just another quick fix. It's just another quick fix that doesn't take into account the society we live in. So yes, we are a very information absorbing society in terms that we have access to information constantly in terms of TV, online, et cetera, et cetera. So they're removing our access or our exposure to that. But you go out your front door. Like I've talked, <laughs> I've talked before, like we go past down the road and I've got a Subway and a Papa John's like, and a cake box, <laughs> you know, live in the dream, live in the dream. But it's, it's that whole repeated exposure. There's, yeah. there's so many places now that we have these visual cues. And we were talking before, weren't we, before we started recording about how people's um, watching habits have actually changed anyway. Like, do you watch TV on live or do you watch tv when you want to watch tv yeah that the 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 paragraph that i read out it was definitely definitely said like tv yeah uh, but, but i mean I, I suppose that can be um i might have said tv and online actually but yeah like i was saying to you like how many of us actually watch adverts now yeah. like because if you're watching stuff on demand 
you just skip it. If you're watching Netflix, then you're just going straight through to the show. If you, if like heaven forbid, you have to sit for an advert, like if you're watching live sport, which you're probably not doing at the moment, but if you are watching live sport, when the adverts come on, I'll go and make a cup of tea. Yeah. Or go and get a beer or get my, like you said, get your phone out yeah. and just start, I don't know, put a bet on the game or check yeah. Facebook or do whatever. Like I'm not like, um, yeah, I'm not paying attention to the adverts. That being said, I do get the whole like subliminal effect. Like, you know, that if you think that advertising doesn't affect you, they've already got you kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 does, it does. It does have an impact. So like you said, reducing exposure does make sense. But I don't, um, I don't see our food environment changing anytime soon. No. So and, unless you start, literally restricting like what is in the high street and you are, you have to have a certain quota of like quote unquote healthy chains and stuff like that interesting just want to jump on the back of that now you said that jump sorry away. to interrupt but eat out to help out yeah right so what are they unless local businesses that have actually signed up when i read the list of chains of food that have actually signed up to eat out to help out so you've got nando's arguable that you can actually be healthy there yes okay fair enough you've got Pizza Hut, you've got Burger King. Um, who else was on there? there I, was didn't, like, I didn't even did check you it. not? I just so, saw that Chibo was on there. Oh, obviously, it. like Chibo's is a local business close to ours, which does exceptional Italian food. Ridiculous. Um, so, Hashtag Barata. <laughs> Barata Wednesdays. I'm actually going there on, a tu- <laughs> on Tuesday. So very excited for that. Um, but yeah, so unless you've got local places that you know you can get a good meal, when I looked down that list of places, it was basically, oh, KFC might be another one. So it was basically all... My favourite. Another favourite. <laughs> oh, God, the thought of making get, eating KFC makes me feel sick. Whoa. Don't, no. don't, don't bash the colonel. No, honestly. He worked like, hard in the military uh, all those years no. to put together that chicken recipe. Or when I think about just biting into a bit of KFC and that, like, oily fat running oh, down my chin, it makes me feel it's, sick. It's the best. No. But, but afterwards, it's, it's the worst. Oh, sorry, Andy and I go off on a food-related tangent. But but do you know what I mean? There was no, like, and I said this to you before, like, I've been fortunate enough that I've ate in and been to a lot of different cities in the world and been able to, and I've had to go out and try and find myself healthy food. And there's always some option in terms of salad bar, soup bar, some maybe Thai where I can just get a plate, plate of vegetables or like a food court where it's a little bit more um, local cuisine. Like, I mean, what is the local cuisine in the UK? Fish and chips. <laughs> Exactly, like delightful meal. Hold on, wow, let's have a local cuisine. Sausage and mash. Um, pie, pie and chips. Chicken tikka masala. Chicken tikka masala, delicious. We may have borrowed that. We may that have borrowed that. That may not that. be ours. And wasn't that, didn't that come from Scotland? Didn't I? What, chicken tikka masala? Yeah, wasn't it, didn't it start in Scotland? <sighs> I mean, you've blown me away if that was the case. My boyfriend's Scottish, I should know, but anyway. You're, you're thinking of haggis, I think. Oh. Haggis is amazing. I love haggis. We digress. Um, as long as we've, we've covered tikka tikka masala, haggis, fish and shit. We're just listing food. Yeah, every, we are. Every podcast sausage and mash. degenerates into just naming food. Food-related <laughs> chat. You can see how our friendship blossomed. Um, but yeah, like there's no... Anyway, my point was I have always rely, had to rely on trying to find healthy options as cheap as possible, which in other countries I've always found quite easy to do. 
I find that very difficult sometimes in the UK because there are very minimal options. Um, Can I play devil's advocate? You may, please do. So would you say that's because when you travel, you're more likely to be in a city that has plenty of options? Sometimes, um, sometimes, but also sometimes we're in like airport hotels, for example, like, so you, you, you have access to maybe it's just other cuisines are actually more focused around. So Asian cuisine, for example, it's more focused around, you've got a form of carbohydrates. They usually have vegetables with things. Even if you're having a ramen bowl, it's like, you know, like a miso soup with chicken noodles and veg. Like there's, do you know what I mean? Like their, their dishes focus around a healthy balanced plate of food. Whereas, you know, you can go and, we've spoken before we advocate any kind of food that will you can eat to fit your goals whatever you want to achieve like there is not healthy and unhealthy food there are foods that are more or less optimal however when you go outside and your options are pizza burger fried chicken fish and chips and you can have all those very freely very easy very affordable and then you're being offered 10 pounds off that monday to wednesday as well i think there's a little bit of a problem i think the affordable thing is massive yeah um not that i'm an expert in it but obviously like the the socioeconomic link to obesity is very much there um or, or linked with like poor health outcomes obesity of which is is one of them um yeah you're right like you can go so in saw with Sarah's sister or, or Sarah was telling me that they were talking about um sirens that are on yeah we're, sorry, get, we're the gonna feds go are coming. the colonel is not happy <laughs> that you've slated him it's called him some of his mates from the forces how loud is that by the way That's, they probably won't be able to hear it but there's a siren going on they now can, they, can defi- they can definitely hear that okay definitely anyway that. as you were uh, it's Bishop Stortford, we don't have crime. It's like the combination of the gardener and the police all at once. Yeah. Um, what were we saying? Food. Sarah's Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, so like she lives in Walthamstow and she was saying she's making a point about eating healthy and, and that you can get literally like a, yeah, like a fried chicken meal for like £1.95 in the high street. Mm. And suddenly you think, well, yeah, if like mum or dad like sends the kids down there for a tenner and you're feeding the family why wouldn't you do that yeah um so i think you have to this this is why the whole obesity thing is not just do one thing and that will solve the problem you have to think about uh, different people in different situations but obviously the government have not um whatever they do it's not going to be perfect for everyone that's that's the nature of the beast they have to make calls on what they think is the best thing but um yeah it's interesting like with your travel experience because obviously you would have been to a lot of places and like actually like looking at i think a good thing to do is to look at countries that have not got as high an obesity rate and be like what are the what are the commonalities there so is food is it like food availability because if you live in london you can have as much junk or as much high quality food as you like um or if you live in manchester birmingham like name a big city like choice isn't going to be an issue um whereas you if you're living in a little village and you've just got like the chippy it's hard right because then you're not you're not exposed into all the other junk and rubbish 
but you're if you do want to eat out maybe you're you're slightly limited so i don't know generally speaking if we have more choice we eat more oh completely agree like food availability and food environment is absolutely i would say like crucial and fundamental to the choices we make without us even knowing it that and i would say upbringing um so yeah but then you say things like oh if you live in a little village and you've only got a chippy nothing wrong with that by the way no nothing wrong with that by the way you probably also have a farm shop or you know like you probably you know living in a village nowadays it's not cheap (laughs) you probably have a certain income so you probably have maybe have to get your food delivered you know that can't be cheap so there is still a certain element of choice and we were talking about this before we came on the pod wasn't i and i was maybe getting a little bit ranty and i was like i sound like a real like unempathetic cow (laughs) in terms of like there is a certain degree of choice but i think we rely on our choices that they come from an educated place. And I think it's very important that we talk about education with regards to food and nutritional choices and actually living a healthy lifestyle. Because when you think about education, you think about schools and you think about maybe it having to start a little bit younger. And whilst I agree, you've got to be very careful in terms of educating youngsters about foods because yes, it can have psychological impacts. And, you know, then you start to maybe get in the realms of eating disorders. If people have habits and are brought up the wrong way around things like that, I still think there's a certain degree of education that needs to be provided about how to eat healthily, how to build a proper plate of food, what to look for, like why fruits and vegetables are important. But again, it comes back to that thing that um, I've said before, and it's why I struggle a lot with my own personal social media, because balance and moderation are not sexy and they do not sell. Um, That's why diets are so successful because they're easily sellable because they tap into what people want. And it's why junk food is so popular because it's high fat, high sugar, high salt, and it's cheap. Mm. So, you know, and delicious and delicious, but that the education part of it, that's something that we, we both quite strongly believe in the need for the need for education and the need for schools to have something geared around really, I suppose it's like, like whether you call it like living a healthy life or adopting a healthy lifestyle or lifestyle principles or whatever it may be. I mean, I, me personally, I think this should be like across the board mm. as in like, I think you should probably have some base level of understanding in terms of like your finances, your health and fitness, yeah. your diet. I think these are kind of life skills that we're not really taught. You know, we'll, we'll pick up bits and pieces yeah. there, or if you do certain courses, or I got taught about rivers, but I don't know anything about mortgages. <laughs> yeah, I got taught about coastal erosion, but <laughs> that just doesn't feel very relevant in Stance did Mount Fitch it. <laughs> um, yeah, I did a lovely section on igneous and metamorphic rocks. But Fucking hell, the fact you can even remember that, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, not my go- it's, not, it's not my just go to thing that just sticks in my osmosis. Head. That's all I've got. <laughs> oh, god, Pythagoras, Pythagoras, amazing. <laughs> amazing lessons at Stansted Mountfield. Actually, to be fair, school was fine. It's just a lot of what you learn. It's like, this is completely going off topic, but like you're learning how to, it's like learning how to drive a car or you learn how to pass a test, not how to drive. And by the time you get old enough at school, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Once I know what's in the exam, I'm going to just learn this thing, wrote, 
I'm not going to absorb it. Yeah. I'm just going to like churn it out. Anyway, um, that's the education system reformed. Um, I do, I do think education. So like when I think about the, OB, I was trying to like think about, you know, if I was in power, if I had the, you know, like the Boris Johnson um, position of like, right, I've had a, you know, Boris has had a health scare. So he has got now this kind of, it's almost like this personal crusade a little bit now. But I don't think that's a bad no, thing to have like the, the guy not. who's in charge has yeah. got like a bit of a, um, he's on a bit of a health kick himself. He's just had a baby as well. So he's probably trying to think about maybe, you know, like extending Longevity. his lifespan. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with going for like low hanging fruit. So like with whatever impact that the food advertising thing has, I do think it's going to have some impact. So, and I think actually to get the ball rolling or to show intent um, and actually like, you know, hitting um, companies potentially in the pocket, because that's what we're talking about here. Mm. It's going to be, if people buy less of that junk food, that's going to be the effect in the bottom line of, you know, Cadbury's walkers, whoever the different, you know, food groups. What's a lot harder to do is to yeah go into schools and say, right, this is something that is we're not even going to see the the fruits of this for years, probably a generation. But I'm going to be the guy that actually yeah adopts a lifestyle class or ties it in with like PE and physical activity. Maybe you just overhaul the whole thing and you commit to it and you, and you kind of lay the foundations that whether, you know, you're in power or out of power, this is something that like, I think you need buying from, um, from everyone, mm. not just some divisive plan, but just get something in place. And again, details, apologies. I haven't made a fully comprehensive plan. Um, but something that at least when like a 16 year old leaves school or goes into further education, whatever it may be, you can't say that they haven't been, taught it so when we come to talk about like the the area of like individual responsibility at least you can then potentially or hopefully you rule out or you minimize people not knowing what to do mm. and not have because you can be like well they've got that base level there and even though you can't sell it's really difficult to sell a, a 15 16 year old on well when you're 75 you're gonna want to have good bone mineral density or whatever mm. like that's probably not going to play but what you could do is like look you can um you know be fitter stronger whatever for sport or yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I do think you can, you can sell it there and you can definitely educate. Um, but you, that is just a, that is, that is just such a long-term plan that I can't see. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit skeptical, but I can't, I can't see them doing that because I just think the amount of work it would take and you're not going to be the government that necessarily reaps those rewards or he won't personally. But I would like, maybe this is just, again, me being very naive. I would hope that whatever government we have still wants to take the welfare of its, you know, what do we call us? Like, I don't know. Citizens. Citizens. Yeah. Um, as its highest priority, whether it's, mm. they probably don't, but, <laughs> but no, like I, I get that, that they're not going to reap the rewards of that. But then this will just happen again, 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 again. Yeah. Like it needs to be a long-term plan and it needs to, I'm going to say start from the bottom, but I don't even know where that would be. Like, I don't even know where that would be because you've got generations of people that have eaten a certain way. Um, and again, it comes down to upbringing. It comes back to socioeconomic status. It comes down to, there's a lot of emotional attachment to food as well. 
um you know it, it's just it's so multifactorial it's 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 just mind-blowing um and someone has to value their health and someone has to want to make a change as well if they are obese um so they actually have you have to get buy-in from people you know you might have someone in front of you that is clinically obese to a point where their health is affected and they have multi-different negative health connotations because of that but if they're okay with that i mean who are you to say that like you can't like yeah i agree i agree with that like the there is an element of individual responsibility but ultimately um if someone does not want to change then you cannot force people and actually like trying to um and you wouldn't want to force people like you can't like change the individual so this is like a this is a nice little um I suppose like thought experiment because we're talking about we've got like low hanging fruit uh, low hanging fruit <laughs> low hanging fruit of like the advertising something you can implement not overnight but within yeah. probably a matter of months or weeks cool then you've got trying to change essentially education is you're changing people or you could put you could say changing you could say empowering but you're trying to shift the the or upgrade the knowledge or give people the power to make decisions to make better decisions to actually care about it mm. so we know that's really difficult to do and we know that's a long-term thing the 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 spike in obesity really came about or is really evident from when the food environment changed mm. when like fast food and convenience food started to um kind of proliferate so then so we know it's the food involved. Like we haven't changed that much. Like I know, um, you know, jobs may have changed and there's, there's an element of it there, but it's the food of our environment around us that's had the biggest shift. So to, to make like a big impact quickly, you'll, it's going to be easier or quicker to, to change the food environment. Yeah. Right. But for that to happen, you're asking governments to impose some pretty stringent legislation on food manufacturers, supermarkets, like producers of food, like how it, like advertising is part of that as well, how it's displayed in shelves, what offers you put on, or even like how the people who make the foods trying to make it less calorific, like less calories in there. So me, you, any of the other citizens, we don't know any better. We're just kind of like buying the food, but these, the food manufacturers have actually reduced the, the calorie content. Mm. That's what you would do, right? Well, that's kind of what they did with like sugary drinks, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. It's exactly that. Yeah. And that's, and that's one and like sugar consumption's gone, has actually gone down. Yeah. But obesity has continued to rise. Yeah. So then we know that, yeah, sugar's not great. You don't want to be like shoveling in, but we know it's a calorie issue rather than just specifically i'll do not have do not then i neither do i think that the answer is just to just educate everyone on calories like it like it just goes so much deeper than that yeah it's so much deeper than that and like excuse me do do you think that make a difference do you think though if if like the government said right we're really gonna lean on fucking hell i don't know like 
some of the big food manufacturers to be like right when you um, make these ready meals or when you produce whatever it, like generally it'll be ready meals things that you can manipulate so like you can't really manipulate like, the calories in a banana you know size of it but it's going to be what it's going to be i with, still would rather people eat more bananas with, to be honest yeah well there you go yeah. but, but like whether it's like crisps or ready meals or sweets or biscuits and stuff do you think that would that would make a difference like if the government said right you can't be having um like these kind of highly palatable foods that are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of calories? I think, yes, it would make a difference because people are still going to buy them anyway. So um, if there were stricter regulations on foods like that, you've got people out there, like you don't get obese overnight. You get obese by consuming these foods over long periods of time. And if people already have those behaviors and are going to continue with those behaviors, regardless of their own personal responsibility, because like they want to, then yes, by making a difference to those kind of prepackaged foods that are high fat, high sugar, high salt, that is going to have an impact for sure. Um, but that's kind of, that has an impact just without, that's one part of the problem. It's only one part of the problem. The fact is that, they are still consuming these foods without understanding that the implication of their choices. Um, and this is where the problem comes in because how do you tackle a problem like that? It's so difficult. It's so difficult. Um, and I don't think educating everyone on calories is the way to go. I don't think I, I honestly, like, honestly, I sit here and think about it right now. I don't know. I think you've got to start in schools. I really do. But yeah. again, I appreciate everything you've taken into account. And it's extremely difficult. I think we, I think when it, I think it comes hand in hand with activity. So I actually think there needs to be education about leading, what leading a healthy, active, balanced lifestyle looks like. Um, because I don't think there is. Like, we're not taught about our finances when we're younger. All right. You learn that from your parents. I'm sure you can think of people off the top of your head that are in really good, solid financial situations. And you can also think of other people that are in massive amounts of debt because they weren't taught about having a healthy financial situation and what that looks like. And it's exactly the same with diet. And we're not taught about what having a healthy balance looks like. And the government almost wants us get to get into debt in a way yeah, yeah. yeah they want us to spend money and get into debt they wanted us to go and buy all these cheap foods because we're putting money back into the economy now they're at the stage where in fact the obesity crisis is so it's such an issue that now we're in a state of a pandemic and the hospital beds are full and they might get fuller that actually, no, we need to tackle this because this is becoming so much a problem. There is such a strain on the NHS that our healthcare system is at the point of breaking. So it, I just don't know, honestly, like I wouldn't know where to start. I think they've got, I think it's just prolonged period of, we've got ourselves in a bit of a mess. Let's put yeah. it that way. I think that if, if you were going to, like the, like, so like my, you know, whenever you see something like this, a like new intervention or a new story or whatever, you have like a, you have like a gut response to it. I think this should happen. Mm. So my gut response to, to like the obesity um, epidemic is, it is to kind of go education route. That's kind of what I intuitively think, but 
just because I intuitively think it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good, um, it's a good idea or the one that's going to bear the most fruit. Use that as a segue into actually keeping people active and starting activity as a young age. And like, I totally get that you go to do PE at school, like, I was not very active when oh, I was active when I was younger in terms of like biking and stuff like that. But I hated sport. I hated cross country. I was made to do things I didn't enjoy. <sighs> Everyone hated cross country. Nah, some people were really good at it. And I always hated those people. I'm like, how can you be good at this? Like, it's really sucks. Like really sucks. I bet you were good at cross country. Um, I wasn't brilliant, but I was good enough. So what I did was I would scrape into the cross country team so I could get like a day off school to go to the, right. the, cross, the cross country meet and then just jog around yeah. laughing all the way. To yeah. the end. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to win this. Yeah. No, it's like, but I think like PE was always something that was feared when I was younger. I mean, I don't know what it's like now. I don't know if people still I did not know that, mate, yeah. about you, that you feared oh, PE. I didn't, didn't fear it. Like, there were things that I was enjoyed, but there was things that I defi- definitely didn't enjoy. Um, and it's just that feeling of, like, it was... It was always a... It wasn't a chore, but there was definitely times where I didn't want to do it and I felt forced rather than it just being about movement or just being about different forms of exercise. You know, it was either you were into sport or you weren't. Mm. That's what it was like when I was at school and sport isn't necessarily the only way to go with things like activity. So it's just, I think that's something that has been good and come out of Corona in that when people are limited to the time that they can have outside, they're only given fractions of amount of time during the day. They're actually, they grab that with both hands. Like that's a sense of freedom. So I think people are getting used to getting outside more and actually spending more time outside, but it's been summer. We'll see if that continues when we actually get into winter. So in terms of tackling obesity, that's the key thing just to keep people moving as much as possible whether it's something that the government has to go into gyms and actually set up you know um some kind of affiliation with gyms or make make exercise more appealing and maybe start that way or you know maybe get pts in as a half an hour service in with doctor surgeries you know like give it as a bit of a prescription um, well, I know they kind of do that now at the moment. So in terms of tackling weight, weight issues, they prescribe, you can go and get Slimming World for free, but then here lies the problem. It's a quick fix. It's not educated. It doesn't come from somebody who is actually qualified to deliver that information. So that can even end up with people being more damaged, being, having a more damaging effect. So it's, it's just hard. It's really, really difficult. And I don't know where the answer lies. I really don't. But everything that comes back to for me is just starting, starting small. And it's just education. It really is. Really is. I, I don't know. Yeah, activity wise, it's, it's a funny one, because activity on its own is not generally the best way of um, so if, we, if we're talking about weight loss now and, and reducing obesity, activities generally not the best way to go like we kind of know that diet has a far bigger impact but i think that activity has a whole host of other benefits that maybe this is one of the problems right so exercise is looked at as a purely as a means of burning calories when it's not great for that it's all right it's not brilliant and actually it's the associated kind of health benefits like if you're someone who's uh, who, who exercises or plays sport you're more likely to adopt a bunch of other 
healthy habits and yeah. traits. Yeah. So they're kind of linked. So like you can't, you know, if you took up a bit of activity, let's say. So, and this is what a lot of people do. They'll take up, you know, running or take up a sport or go to the gym to lose weight and they won't change their diet at all yeah. and they won't lose weight. And they'll be like, well, exercise doesn't work for me. Yeah. Well, that's because you're using it as a, as a calorie burning tool or trying to undo the wrongs of the diet. Whereas if, yeah, I think if we go back to like the education part of it again, like PE and healthy, active lifestyle to me are like two, two different, different things. things completely. Like PE, I think should be fun. Yeah. Like the whole, so I think up to a certain age, like I don't think you should be learning about calories. I don't think you should be learning about um you probably don't need to go into like biomechanics and anatomy and physiology up to, up to early secondary school just make things as fun as possible yeah. and actually all through secondary school or or college or uni keep sports and, and those things fun yeah. um obviously as you get older things get a bit more competitive and the ones that excel in certain sports then that's where you have like clubs and stuff all good but we yeah, we are talking about um like part of if i was going to have like an activity module in school so where you actually talk a bit about like yeah. adopting a healthy, active lifestyle, probably point one on the slide would be the importance of finding something that you enjoy doing. Oh God, massive, and, massive. And not because it's good at burning calories or there's any like magical benefits to doing running or cycling or swimming or boxing or whatever. It's just like try a bunch of different things yeah. so hopefully like at school like that's that should be the idea of school to introduce yeah. people to different things yeah, um, but then like as you get older and there is a massive transition from you know when you're at school you're essentially forced to play sport which if you're not good at sport or if it just doesn't come naturally can be like quite daunting and you yeah. have a terribly so like you get those people who are like sport's not for me i was shit at sport i don't do sport and then that's the rest of that's them set for the rest of their yeah. lives not being active then you get the people that get into it um most of us you know we're not going to become elite sports people and we're not going to earn uh, earn a living doing it um so then suddenly you go from like loving it and it being like a part of your you know in terms of some people it's part of their whole kind of personality like sport mm. team and all that kind of stuff and then as you get a bit older, like maybe like some people are lucky enough they have that all the way through uni. So maybe that's like early 20s. Maybe then you move, you get a job, maybe you join a sports team, maybe, but I'd say there's a massive drop off after yeah. uni. You might get a few that, that, you know, enjoy playing football, but you're going to get to a point where either um, the job kicks in, you know, late 20s, into your 30s, you know, maybe your kid's on the way, maybe you've got a bit more disposable income and you like going out and like having nice holidays and suddenly mm. like, actually I don't want to be going up to the AstroTurf like twice a week <laughs> to play sport on a Sunday. And you know, what am I doing here? I'd rather yeah. be doing something else. Um, and that's how activity gets lost. And, and then suddenly, yeah, it's just that throughout life when you should be, probably be doing more, if anything, like, as you get a bit older, like using it as a, um, you know as a way of like keeping the joints moving and keeping healthy you're like oh i'm a bit old yeah i'm a bit older now oh, i yeah. can't do that and it's like bollocks you can't do it <laughs> like like not. physically you can definitely do you can definitely do it's it it's just going to be harder but it hasn't been like none of that like the positive aspects of it have been yeah. have been have carried over or have been instilled in um and yeah like we're obviously quite passionate about keeping people active and getting them doing stuff and i think it's something like again this is another one for the for your podcast bingo pick an activity you enjoy 
if there's nothing that you if you just I, when people say i don't like exercising i'm like no you don't like being on a treadmill yeah like that's what you mean by that like go walking with a friend who does <laughs> walking with a friend yeah is, so like once you like that's exercise. Oh, okay. Well, I like my friends. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that, <laughs> They're that, all right. Is, yeah. Imagine if they were just like, yeah, yeah my friends are arseholes. Yeah. I don't I'm want to walk with my I'm friends. I'm like, fuck, I'm troubleshooting now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Interesting. I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those. And it like how you, how you implement that um, over the long term. It's tough. Um, and like, you have to want to do those things that associate you with being a healthy, active individual. So, the key to kind of, I think the key to really overcoming the obesity crisis is it's, it's got to be habitual. It's got to be behavior change. You've got to make people want to make different decisions about the food that they eat or the behaviors that they engage in. Um, and obviously as coaches, we learn to do that on an individual level. Mm, yeah. Um, I think the, the real big task that the government has is really tapping into habits and behavior change on a mass level. Um, incredibly difficult oh like almost impossible so if anything i feel a little bit sorry for the government um yes they could probably do more but like where do you even start like where do you even start because you talk to anyone in the fitness industry and they're going to have a different opinion about this and i don't think there's i'm going to say i don't think there's a right or wrong there's certainly a wrong way to be going about it but like you know i don't think I don't think there's a good point to start. I Let's... think I think that's fine to say that there's not a, a concrete solution mm. and that we that we haven't got like, oh, well, this is obviously, you know, it's not like, a, yes. oh, this is obviously what you should do. Obviously. Obviously. Obvi yeah, but every fitness professional will say that. Like, I, do, I think I, they should do this. I just think it's easy to, like, yeah, so, like, I, I do think, like, the government, like, they're going to be criticised whatever they do, like, rightly so. Like, government should be held to account, but I think it's... I'm always wary of criticizing people or, or institutions without having a good answer myself. Yeah, Cause, I agree. Because it's very easy. Because because I think the um, the individual versus group thing is really pertinent to how we talk about it. Because when we talk about habit change, um, individual responsibility, uh, you know, like guiding someone as a coach, we have that luxury yeah and we can talk on those on those levels and you can maybe identify if someone's ready to change maybe they're not maybe they're like full steam ahead maybe they need to take a step back and you could you know especially if you get someone you work with for months you can take yeah. it nice and steady and just it's that's why coaching coaching works um but the the trying to implement behavior change on so you're again it's that you're trying to control people and people are controlled a lot of the time. A lot of habits are formed via the environment you're in. Yeah. So if you're in, um, if you're in a gym environment, or if you're, um, well, like either of our gyms, you're probably, without thinking about it, you're probably going to be aware of strength training. Yeah. Or it's going to be taught because the people you're around are talking about it, and yeah. you're watching people do yeah. it, and then you see people improving, and it's just by being around it, you. That's what you kind of get into. So, How about this for the final thing then? Go on then, if, hit me. If you, if you did have the power, Ooh. you had the Boris power. I got power. What would you do? You can only do one thing. I would 
I th- I'd start in a school somewhere and I would start... Just one school? Just one school. <laughs> no, I and would start On the start ground, I'd march with... in there and be like, right, you little shit, I'm going to teach I would you. start with, like, you know how you, at school you had, like, what was it, social studies or something? You always had, like, that one hour, maybe a month or something like that. I don't even think like that. that. Did you not? Did you not, so, uh, yeah. not tell? <laughs> yeah, I would have just, like, basic nutrition principles for health. And, like, in terms of things to think about to give you vitamins minerals things that are going to promote health and longevity and keep your body in the state that would be a most optimal place of health for body and mind that's where i would start personally and i don't know what that would look like don't ask me to send you a curriculum (laughs) or a lesson plan for that stay tuned next week yeah we'll be presenting (laughs) for three three hours (laughs) on the uh, new health program personally but i'm an educator i i'm a you know i'm a qualified teacher so that always is going to be my go-to is going to be to try and educate we're definitely going to be biased aren't we yeah exactly so i think i would either want to start there or if i had another option no hang on i'm just saying one option option. (laughs) it would be around habits and behaviors change within someone's existing lifestyle but again doing that on a um grander countrywide level is near most impossible yeah what about yourself agreed um i'd probably go with yeah so intuitively it's the it's the education thing it's like getting into schools and and do exactly what you said like some kind of health but you've taken that one off the table and so i'm gonna pick another i would probably go if you were saying to me like how how would you make the biggest impact for like the shortest amount of time it it would have to be government intervention and it'd have to be around the food environment. So it would, it probably would be like a blanket reduction in, in calories across the board, which like they are doing bits of this, right? Mm. So this is something that, um, that supermarkets and food manufacturers are working on. So it's like an ongoing, like, like being, um, being a bit more responsible in terms of yeah like the, like the sugar content and stuff but i think if there was a way of incentivizing it to make companies a bit more willing yeah because it yeah we live in a world where it'd be nice to think that everyone's looking out for everyone's health as number one but ultimately like these a lot of, well these people are um food manufacturers are out to make money yeah so can you incentivize them in a way to make their products less calorific or make healthier versions because then you can alter the you can alter the the, the contents of someone's um, basket from the supermarket without having to go through like a full full-on behavior change mm. and that's not saying that you shouldn't do that but i think I think we've kind of like we've almost answered it a little bit in terms of I think you do I think you need to do both. Oh, you need a short and a long term strategy. Yeah, for, for sure. And actually, like that's a sh- that might be like a sh- that's not even short term really because that's going to be a ball ache to like yeah. right food manufacturers. These these are the new rules. Go away, formulate recipes. They've still got you've still got to be able to sell them. Yeah, you can't just strip all the fat and sugar out and then try and sell it. People are like this tastes like shit. I'm not eating this. Yeah. So you need to like they all have to go away to like the labs create, you know, create food or put food together. that's going yeah. to taste a certain way. Um, but that could be once you've done that once, 
like the pain is in the, the, the starting of it and doing it. Once it's done, yeah. then you can kind of keep building on it and rolling it out. But yeah, I don't know. I don't at the end of this chat if we're any closer to, to, oh, to I think solving We've it. probably gone around in circles, had brain farts, needed a wee, like everything everything i mean i'm gonna it's keep, like a cabinet I'll, meeting I'll, I'll keep i'll keep some of that in there yeah like, obviously maybe i'll cut the uh the brain fart moment and the way out of it so you just get this little bit at the end and okay. people be like what happened what happened through? that's credit if to it, andy's if, editing if, if the conversation seems a little stilted midway through <laughs> that that's what happened <laughs> sorry everyone no that was a uh, good chat like you say i don't think we're any further forward but good chat no it's good to it's good to talk these things through um, and from like an individual point of view where we can actually help and yes so people listening to this or um you know anyone who kind of comes across this or if you know someone who's struggling on an individual level you can do quite a lot whether it's coaches whether it's like just being a support to like a friend or family member Mm. you can make a massive change and this is what i was saying to you as we were walking up here wasn't it like our we've taken on so many members in the last few weeks to our gym new members that are really willing to invest in their health and in their habits um so that is one thing that i really really love to see it's that out of this whole pandemic and i'm saying it's because of the pandemic i i like to think that it has been a key contributing factor like people have noticed the value of making an investment in their health and like i hope that that's a good thing and i hope the government does kind of grasp onto that a little bit yeah try and support that yeah try and support that health's the most important thing like hands down and if that yeah if like you said if there's one there'll be like odd like like generally you wouldn't wish that this pandemic on anyone or or any country or anything like that but if there's little things to take from it i'd love to think that um people taking their whether it's like prioritizing health or just being aware of like you you know you're never really aware of your health until you're you ill, it, yeah. until something happens, even like minor colds and stuff, it's so annoying. You're like, God, can you imagine if that was all the time, or yeah. if you had like some kind of ailment 24/7. So yeah, hopefully health gets prioritised. And worst case scenario, it's in the press now, and people are people are talking about it. So yeah. all good, all good. Right, that's it, mate. That was that's, fun. That's us. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Let's open this door and get some fresh air in this room. Yeah, let's let's hope the garden has, has finished off. Yeah, now. I think so. Um, think until so. next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Any questions, any thoughts on the podcast, stick them in the Facebook group. Ping me and Amy a message. We're more than happy to chat. Um, anything else, mate? No. Bye bye. All good. See you later. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Not Another Fitness Podcast. If you liked what we do, please subscribe and share. Tell all your friends. And if you want to follow us over on our socials, you'll find me and my contact details over on Instagram at The Flying Food Coach. And you'll find Andy over at Facebook at the Facebook group Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy. Or feel free to drop me an email on info at andrewjohnscraggs.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. That'll do. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do. That's good. That'll do. I'll put that on there as well. That'll do. <laughs>